If you add an extra 6,000 steps, so if you start to walk say 9,000 steps a day, then your chances of living longer are increased by 80%. That's huge. It's what? massive. Before we get into today's show, I just want to thank every single one of you for your support. This show has been growing a lot over the last couple of weeks and it couldn't happen without you guys. So if you haven't already, please give us a five-star review and a positive comment wherever you listen to your podcasts and that little gesture does go a long way to help us reach more people. So thank you and let's get into the show. This podcast is a conversation between two coaches. Our aim is to pass on our knowledge and wisdom so you can reach your health and fitness goals and live a more inspired life. If we haven't met before, my name is Jack Graham. I'm a PT and joining me is my partner, Mac Rikers, and she is a nutrition coach. We've helped hundreds of people achieve their goals and we hope to do the same with you. On today's show, we talk about how walking can increase your lifespan. I bring up a conversation I had with a client about giving up the things they love to achieve their goals a little quicker. Instead of listener questions, we had you send in the fads or stupid things in the fitness industry that you have fallen for. And don't stress, Mac and I have fallen for them as well. And lastly, we review how the 75 Hard Challenge is going for us. Did you know that walking is going to make you live longer? What? Seriously. I was reading a study on Instagram the other day about how the higher your daily step count, the longer you are expected to live. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have recently just incorporated walking into our daily life pretty hardcore. We mm. walk 45 minutes a day, seven days a week because we're doing the Unstuck Challenge. So I think we've got it, we've got it pretty down pat, but... This study shows that if you're walking between zero and 3,000 steps a day, which is probably the average if you are a very sedentary person. Desk job type thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, If you add an extra 6,000 steps, so if you start to walk, say, 9,000 steps a day, then your chances of living longer are increased by 80%. That's huge. It's massive. 80% is a massive thing like there's no drug there's no surgery there's nothing out there that can guarantee those results it's literally and it's literally just an extra say six thousand steps a day yeah that gets you these results and then the study or the graph in this study showed that between ten thousand steps and twenty seven thousand steps there's not that much of a benefit mm. so it's just getting to that ten thousand mark and then like anywhere from there upwards is great, yeah. essentially. That's like, it's I'm like not the, saying you have to walk for two hours every day. It's yeah. just getting to that lower mark of 10,000, which I feel like is a pretty common goal for a lot of people. Yeah, just the minimum required amount for your body to move each day. Yeah. Yeah. 
so we've been walk like Max said, we've been walking 45 minutes every single day. Well, thereabouts, here, like, you know, might go over, might go under a minute or two. <laughs> um, and we've been averaging about 15,000 steps a day, 10 to 15,000. Yeah, I thought it would have been a lot more than that. Yeah, so in that 45 minutes, we go for about five to maybe seven kilometers each day. Yeah, um, that's depend- a big variation. <laughs> It just depends on how many hills or how fast we're walking. If we have the sausages. If we have the dogs or not. Um, the dogs sort of slow us down a little bit, so obviously don't do as many steps in the 45 minutes. But I thought I was doing a fair amount of steps, and then I started tracking them, mm-hmm. and I was blown away. Because like, literally, we were doing 45-minute walk, plus, you know, here and there, going to the gym, ex- like exercising as well. Yeah. And, yeah, we're probably not even breaking the 15,000. So Wow. I'd encourage everybody that is listening to track your steps and just see where you're at. It might take an extra 10 minutes or a bit of an extra walk here and there just to increase those steps. But you don't even have to. I mean, ideally, like I would recommend everyone adds a 20 minute walk to their day regardless, Mm. but you don't even have to do something as, I guess, dramatic as that. You can do small things, just slightly change your behaviors in the day that prompt you to walk more so like if you drink more water then you're going to walk to the toilet more if you park further away from the gym then you're going to have to walk that little bit further to the gym taking the stairs rather than the elevator like i'm sure you've heard it all before but you've just got to start you've just got to actually implement some of it and it will make a massive difference yeah and it's a huge difference like 80 percent in increase of 80 percent of your life is huge yeah so you know, and we had this conversation, we bumped into somebody else walking a friend the other day and he was like, wow, you guys seem to walk a lot. And as it, and sort of said, oh, you must be unemployed, you get to walk that much. Two people this week have actually said that to us. Yeah, <laughs> both elderly, so don't understand the whole working from home type thing. But anyway, it's also like I knew this before we even seen this graph like i knew that walking is a really good thing for you to do getting outside for you know half an hour getting a bit of sunlight on your skin increasing your daily activity it's just really good for you you know just being outside for that amount of time and it's almost like an investment in my time so i'm sacrificing time yes i could be doing better things like working on the business and doing it extra content creation in that 45 minutes but it's almost like i'm taking that 45 minutes and investing it for later on yeah like to live longer to do more to in the long run i think to end up doing more work or content creation or whatever it is that you want to do because you're going to be alive longer and you're going to be physically able to work or do whatever your passions and hobbies are for longer yeah like isn't that the goal (laughs) and i know a lot of people hate talking about it and see it as morbid and that sort of stuff but at at some point in your life you're going to be sitting in front of a doctor and that doctor's going to say jack look i'm sorry you've only got 12 months to live unfortunately that's just a part of life our bodies deteriorate over time but i see these 45 minutes as i'm pushing that conversation further and further away yeah and hopefully when i have that conversation you know i've still got he's like oh jack you've got 20 years to live (laughs) instead of 12 months and I, I, I sacrifice the time now so I can, like I said, have that long time in the future. Yeah. 
and I'm okay with that. Like in the scheme of things, I don't know, the unstuck challenges, the unstuck challenge, <laughs> the 75 hard challenge, I think has put exercise or the idea of time into perspective a lot more for me because a lot of people say they don't have enough time to put in the work to exercise daily or just walk daily or cook healthy meals or whatever it is that you have no time for. But yeah, I think the 75 hard challenge has kind of forced us to be more efficient with our time. That's right. The the guy that we ran into the other day that said, oh, wow, you guys walk a lot. He goes, you must have a lot of free time. And I said to him, no, we're just efficient with our time. Yeah. <laughs> because we are. We've just learnt to be like, we still work probably eight plus hours every day and we train for 45 minutes to an hour and we walk for 45 minutes to an hour and cook every single meal and cook every single meal yeah it's just again it's just what you prioritize and you know what you want to achieve yeah um but but adding in something as simple as a 20 minute walk can give you such a good benefit yeah but it's just taking that time and committing to it and understanding the the positive and the benefits from that in the long term yeah and short that's... short term you're not going to see any any difference like 20 minutes walk you know it's not going to get you ripped it's not going to you know drop your body fat percentage ridiculous amounts you're not going to lose huge amounts of weight but it's just those little tiny bits are going to add up to a lot more time on this earth in the long run yeah and not even like the whole longevity thing or the aesthetic thing, but also the mental benefits that you get from walking, I think as well, far outweigh not walking. Like mm. you could replace 20 minutes of Netflix with a 20 minute walk and the benefits to your mental health are, I can't even describe them to yeah. you right now. Um, it just helps and not even just walking as an act, like walking in nature, being in nature. So many studies are showing that it's extremely been like it's an, it's probably better than taking medication for anxiety and depression that is how important it is just to, to be out in nature yeah just to make time for these things um yeah i saw a very interesting post on instagram this morning actually uh for a job like someone was hiring someone else probably to be like a content manager or something i didn't really read it but what caught my eye was that, that that they offered a paid hour for the employee to exercise. Yeah. That was in the job offer. I was like, wow, that is so cool, you know? I think you're going to see that more and more because, yeah, you pay somebody eight hours a day, but one of those hours is dedicated to exercise. Mm. The other seven hours are going to be far more productive. So much more productive. And you're going to get a lot more out of that employee you know, just giving them, giving them that extra hour to exercise. Yeah, definitely. Somebody else that we were talking to in the gym last week, I think, also mentioned that their work was doing like a, was it a walking or kilometres based competition mm. to try and get everybody in the, like a massive workplace, I assume, it sounds like. Yeah, 100 to 150 people in the, just just that one team. Oh, okay. So just one team. And they're sort of all in competition with each other to see who can get the most, was it steps or Ks in, in a certain amount of time and it, it all goes towards charity. Yeah. But what a great way to like initiate exercise because I feel like sometimes 
it can seem boring or like oh you're so serious you exercise like you you focus on your health and stuff Mm. i think a lot of the time it can be not cool essentially so then to do it at work i wish i had that in the past and make a little bit of a competition about it yeah so i think the total combined steps each month or something they donated that amount in rice to a third world country yeah that's right so yeah. It's just like win, 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 win for yeah. everyone in that kind of situation. And for such a big company, like, again, this is just one small team of 150 people in yeah. this company. Um, but it seems like it works. Everybody gets moving. Everybody's a lot more um, active and... And interactive with each other, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. many benefits. Let's be real, nutrition is hard. No matter what you're trying to do, whether you're trying to lose weight, gain muscle, lose a bit of body fat, or just be healthier, nutrition plays a massive role in that. And that's why we created the Beginner's Guide to Nutrition and Recovery. This is available on our brand new app, the In-Situ Collective app. Mac and I are very proud of this app, so if you haven't downloaded it already, go and do that and then come back. But on this guide, you're gonna get everything you need to start understanding nutrition. The difference between calories and macros, how to actually track your calories. If you don't want to track hand portion sizes, pre-workout nutrition, everything you need to know about achieving your goals and food. So go download the app and get the beginner's guide to nutrition and recovery now. I was having a conversation in the gym the other day and there's a couple of people around and I was talking about the 75 hard. Um, so 75 days of certain amount of things you need to do every single day. And if you fail one of those things, you have to go back to day one. Um, we haven't actually given an update on that for a while. So listen to the end of this episode and we'll give you a quick update of how we're going with the 75 hard. Um, but one of the things is no takeaway for 75 days. So you can't have a cheap meal and you can't get takeaway food um, for the 75 days. And one person said, oh, I couldn't do that. I'd ha- I'd, I have to get takeaway all the time. Like one, That's one thing that I'd never be able to give up. What? <laughs> yeah, and it just like, at the time I was just like, yeah, right. Like, you know, yeah, takeaway's good and it's hard to give up and you know, it's always good to have a meal and stuff like that. But then I was sort of thinking about it and like, at what point would you give that up? Like for he, him to say, that's the one thing that he couldn't do the challenge for because he had to have takeaway. So, did he elaborate on why he had to have takeaway? Because he loves it, or because his work is like busy, or he's on the road, or yeah, it didn't really get the chance because we had to move on and there's a few other people around. But I just find it funny that you so. We've said in the past, if you're going for aesthetics goals or health and wellness, whatever. All you need to do is give up takeaway and processed food and mm. swap some of it out anyway, at least cut it in half and you're going to be on your goals a lot quicker or reaching your goals a lot quicker. And I just thought, here's somebody that's in the gym, he's going five days a week and it's like he's so addicted, would you say? Yeah, addicted to the taste maybe or the convenience and how fast it is. Yeah. I guess if he's a busy guy, it's probably like maybe he sees takeaway as productive, a productive way to eat, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, like I know he's a busy guy and he does work real hard, but again, at what 
cost. Like, yeah. and then it just got me sort of thinking like with other clients and the conversations we have, and then my mind just ticking over, like, you know, what people won't sacrifice to reach their goals and why they wouldn't sacrifice it. Yeah. Why? Why do you think you wouldn't sacrifice it though? Um, I guess it just comes down to your emotional attachments, like you said. And I just, I did want to bring this up because it's just a good conversation to have with yourself when you are goal setting. Mm. Um, And just no matter what your goal is, you've got to sit down and go, like Mac always says, the five whys. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself why you want to achieve that and then why do you want it? Why, 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 essentially. (laughs) Keep asking yourself why and you get down to a little bit of a deeper issue. And, you know, if... I say to you, you need to give up takeaway food to achieve your goals. And you're like, oh, I can't do that. You know, ask yourself why three to- three, five times Yeah. to figure out why and just dive a little bit deeper. You know, La- I think it was last week, I also wrote an email that relates to this very well about how as humans, we like to be comfortable and we like familiar- familiarity mm-hmm. a lot. So to him, having takeaway x amount of days a week is very familiar and he probably feels very comfortable so even if like zooming out and looking at the big picture it makes him feel uncomfortable because he's eating like i can't think of any takeaway that makes me feel good Mm. (laughs) i'll be honest so seems good at the time but yeah after you're done you always i always regret it um so he's obviously just blocking out not obviously he potentially is blocking out like how it makes him feel because the act of getting takeaway and eating takeaway is familiar and comfortable to him. And for humans, that is the hardest thing to change because we don't want to feel uncomfortable. Our brain doesn't want us to feel uncomfortable. We want to feel safe, as safe as we can. So changing anything in our lifestyle, it sort of sends off like a, oh my God, this is too hard. I can't, like, why would I do this if it makes me feel anxious or uncomfortable, mm. you know? Um, okay, good point. So I guess it comes down to changing habits and all that sort of stuff. What if I said to somebody, you need to give up takeaway, for example, anything sort of health-based and that sort of thing, and they say, nah, I just can't do that. What's a good way to get them to stop doing that habit or start doing a different one? I wouldn't say you have to quit takeaway because then people panic when you say you have to do something you know what I mean but yeah I get I get I understand the question um I would just try and first get them to have takeaway that doesn't make them feel like crap so still get takeaway but rather than getting Maccas for lunch maybe get Subway for lunch so that that way they're still they still have the act of not cooking and going and buying it and eating it quickly or whatever the reasons they like takeaway are but they're slowly I guess forgetting how like the fast food that what would you call it that satisfaction of eating the fast food Mm. because you don't get so much of that from eating say like a subway salad you know what I mean so you're slowly getting rid of the addiction I guess you're still having takeaway food and then from then be like okay you can have takeaway food but only x amount of days so you have to plan ahead and then they can anticipate when they're gonna have that takeaway food if that's like if they love it and you say you can only have takeaway lunch on Friday at least they've got the whole week to look forward to that as such and then maybe it'll get to Friday and they're like actually you know I could probably just keep eating what I've been eating. Hmm. 
you know? So just basically slowly phase it out. Yeah, slowly phase it out. Like, I think that that is the best way to do, to change any habit. Like, I know there's so many habit books and self-help books and they're like, you have to read this and then turn around and change your whole life. But that's really hard. And like I said before, it's super scary. Mm. So no one's going to want to do it. And if they do do it, they probably won't maintain it because it's very different to how they were living before and I guess that's when people around them start to freak out as well which makes it even harder to change so slow change so you don't freak yourself out and others around you yeah well that's essentially health and fitness right (laughs) (laughs) have you ever followed a perfectly phased program no you don't even know what that means well you need the move well look good program on the Institute Collective app I wrote this program myself. It's been tried and tested by hundreds of people and are guaranteed to get you results. You're gonna work on your mobility and your weaknesses at the same time over the 12 weeks. So you're gonna be moving the best you ever have before and looking better by the end of the 12 weeks. So make sure you download the app and get the Move Well Look Good program and I'll see you over there. So I forgot to put up a question box again this week, but I did put up a question box asking people for the BS nutrition fads or diet that they have fallen for in the past. Have you fallen for any? Because I know that I have. Yeah, all the time. Um, well, everything. I remember back in the day when I thought protein shake was going to bulk me up. I got actually a lot of those were submissions from women. Because, well, like when you're young and you see the packaging and this big bulky guy on the outside of the protein powder, you think, and he's he's drinking it. So if he's drinking it, then if I drink it, I'll look like him. But it didn't work that way. So you were buying it, though, to get bulky? Like you were just buying the protein and assuming you were going to get muscles? Yeah. (laughs) Um, How old were you? I probably believed it until sort of mid-twenties I guess you could say yeah right um but yeah now I realize there's no difference between a scoop of protein powder and a steak yeah there's protein in everything and, and it's not like a protein powder does bulk you up just that's just, just add, another an added benefit yeah uh I think one that we both fell for when we not fell for yeah maybe fell for when we started dating was fasting we fasted for a very very long time not like 48 hours or anything but i mean intermittent 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 yeah yeah (laughs) fasting um so we would eat like what we ate lunch at 12 and dinner at six and then didn't eat out of that window Hmm. for so long and i would get up train crossfit at that time in the morning not eat anything, go get a black coffee and then go to work, not eat anything until 12. <laughs> like, what an idiot. <laughs> but at one point there, I was having a bulletproof coffee because that was all the rage, like coconut oil or butter or some sort of oil in your coffee. So I would have that in my fasting window still thinking I was fasting, but then it was just like... You broke your fast. It's like 400 calories of just fat in my coffee. Yeah. So, so silly. So silly. So I think the most common response that I got to this sticker was um, avoiding gluten and dairy Mm. because I thought it was better for you or helped you lose weight or it caused this problem in me. I don't know what, why, why, (laughs) Why where did it come from? 
Just is it because in recent years more and more people have been diagnosed with celiac disease or are dairy intolerant? So a few people be like, yeah, I got diagnosed with celiac disease. I don't eat gluten and I don't get bloated anymore. They tell their friend, their friend tells their friend, and then it just goes around and all of a sudden gluten makes you bloated or fat when it's actually just... The shit food they'll eat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's just the fact that people cut out shit food and then they feel better and they're like, oh, it was the gluten. Yeah. Where it was probably just the processed the, food, everything. the takeaway sh- stuff that you eat. And because if you go full celiac or don't eat gluten, and you're not going to be eating as much takeaway because you can't. Yeah. So it's that with a combination of just not eating processed food. Yeah. And of course you're going to feel better. Like your tummy's going to feel l- a lot less bloated. Yeah, definitely. Um, one person put in a very interesting point about Weight Watchers. My mum did Weight Watchers when I was younger. Um, she never encouraged us to do it or even gave us the option. But this person said that from the ages of 11 to 18, she did Weight Watchers on and off because her mum also did Weight Watchers on and off. Mm. That's, what? That's crazy to me. Ages 11 to 18 years old and you're doing Weight Watchers. I don't know, as a parent, duh, that's... It's building such a bad relationship with food. Like a kid, I don't know. Do you know what Weight Watchers is? I get them all mixed up. It's like, so you go to meetings weekly and you get a little calculator and essentially the cal- like each food, Weight Watchers branded food has a As certain points. amount of points you can eat. It's- so at a young age, you're teaching a kid that they can only eat X amount of points if they don't want to be fat, mm. you know? I don't know, just yeah. it's the wrong way to go about teaching kids about nutrition. But whoever invented it was the smartest person ever. It's, here's a diet plan, but you can only buy the foods we sell. Well, you can eat others, but it's easier if you buy the food we sell. Because it's already got the points on it. You don't have and to enter the nutrition panel into the calculator. Do you pay to be a part of this group that you go to as yes. well? You pay, and you pay to go and weigh yourself every week. <laughs> good business idea <laughs> terrible for your health yeah um yeah that's just a money making machine that's all that is yeah there's so many like that like for what was i do watching a marketing video the other day and there was a tony ferguson marketing campaign that they used as an example and it's like lose 12 kilos for 12 dollars that was the hook mm. and then you go in and you look into it deeper and it's actually like $140 a week to pay to have Tony Ferguson and then it's like we don't guarantee results we don't guarantee weight loss blah 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 all this stuff you know and it's just marketing yeah (laughs) but yeah I don't Mm. know I thought it was very interesting all of the the fads that people have been through I think it's very hard (laughs) this day and age especially with social media because Anyone that looks skinny or has a six pack can say, here's what I did to look like this. You should do it too. Yeah. You know? And I don't think any of these fads or marketing things and tablets and shakes and all that sort of stuff is going to go away. No. It's only going to get worse probably. It already is getting worse. Like, it's on every platform you go on. Yep. Anyway. All right. I did say that we would give a quick update on the 75 heart. Yep. So... 75 hard we are reading 10 pages every day drinking three and a half liters of water uh one outside 
workout or exercise for 45 minutes. Another exercise can be in or outdoors for 45. Um, no processed food. Taking a progress picture. Taking a progress picture. Is that it? No alcohol, no takeaway, but we don't do that anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm actually worried about adding alcohol back in and how much it's going to affect my body. Really? As in you'll get drunk very quickly? That and like I know that it, you know, you ha- it takes, what, three to six months for your cells to turn over in your body. So I know mm-hmm. that when I drink again, it's going to take another three months for my body to flush it out again and how bad I feel <laughs> when Do I drink it. Are you going to want to drink again? No, I don't know. We'll see when it comes up, but that's one thing I'm worried about when this ends. Um, reading's going a lot better than I thought it would. Found a good book. And I'm finally. Finally. <laughs> enjoying that one. Um, progress pictures, photos. Yeah, not too fuss on Whatever. those. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the hardest part has been walking. Yeah. To be honest. Like, I don't know, everything else, like I like going to the gym, I like reading, everything else is fine, but some days I just don't want to walk for 45 minutes. And because we are going to the gym every day, we're often sore, not Mm. as sore as we would be probably if we were having rest days because we're not going as hard and our program's very different. But my feet and my calves are so sore all the time and sometimes I'm just like, no. Um, Yeah, I 100% agree. Like... I'd still like to walk every single day, but at least we wouldn't be doing the second workout every single day. Yeah. Um, and that's where you're sort of getting unstuck and the body's starting to, you know, starting to hurt. Some niggles are starting to come out. And mm. I'd actually do not recommend, after doing this, I don't actually recommend doing it. Because of the exercise yeah. part of it? Yeah. It's only because I know exactly what I'm doing that my body isn't breaking. Yeah. Um, and, but like, I know exactly what to do to prevent all that, but it's still breaking. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and that's why I just recommend like something like the challenge we do, the unstuck challenge where it is very, it's like the 75 soft. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you've still got stuff to do every single day, but it's not, you know, it's phased as well. It's just very hard to phase a program when you're doing two workouts a day. Yeah. If you're just doing one workout a day, quite easy to do one workout each every single day and phase it properly and get great results also we are only walking so in the what uh instructions rules it just says two workouts a day but i can't actually imagine doing another workout no like we've chosen to walk because i guess to try and balance things out a little bit and it's just like some sort of low intense cardiovascular activity but yeah, I can't imagine having to do another workout. Like, no. Can you imagine doing two CrossFit workouts or like, you would probably die. I've been there and done that and yeah. I've fucked my body from it and I'm never gonna go back there again. I will say one thing, if anyone does try to do the 75 hard or something similar even in regards to activity is just make sure that you eat enough food <laughs> because mm. I think At the start, I didn't change my calorie intake, but we increased our activity a lot. And then we moved house and then I got very sick. And then I, because I was inactive, I tried to cut back a little bit on my calories after being sick. And I've just been completely exhausted. Mm. And then it only occurred to me the last week was, oh, we're doing an extra 45 minutes of activity 
plus I'm studying, plus working, plus plus no rest gym, days, plus no rest days, plus getting up earlier, like all these other things. And I was like, oh, I haven't even changed my calorie intake for yeah. all of this. And and that like we've spoken about calorie deficits over the last couple of episodes, but. If you're in a calorie deficit for long enough, your body eventually is just going to say enough. Yeah. And you might get sick or, you know, if you're doing a 75 hard and you don't change your calories, it's just going to go, well, that's it. We're not doing it anymore. Yeah. And your brain's just going to go give up. And that's another thing we were talking about on a walk one afternoon. Um, I was saying how, oh, maybe I should go in more of a calorie deficit or maybe I should eat more. And then I was like to Jack, you know, for me having mental clarity, being able to focus, doing well in uni is way more important than being shredded or whatever it is that I was considering, you know? Hmm. Um, So yeah, and you know what's ironic? This happens to me every time I do it and I know I'm a coach and I should know better, but I've started eating more calories in the past two weeks and I actually look leaner than I did before Hmm. because I have enough fuel to build more muscle, which is what we're trying to do i guess yeah and your body doesn't have to store as much fat yeah because it's not starving just don't forget even i need help sometimes (laughs) (laughs) we need to check ourselves yeah thanks again for listening to the in situ collective podcast i really hope you have enjoyed this episode if you have and you haven't already give us a five-star review and a positive comment wherever you're listening to this podcast because it does help us reach more people and it helps us creating more good content like you just listened to thanks again and we'll see you all again next week bye